0: Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Balan in one of the Sunday morning services. Shall we turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 10? We are going to read from verses 27 through 30. This morning as you were sharing, I was just listening carefully in the words that you shared. You almost spoke my sermon this morning. Matthew 10, 27 to 30. have that in the screen. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. These are the words of Lord Jesus Christ. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear. Therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. You are of more value than many sparrows. You know, this morning I would like to title my sermon as, Fear God, Fear Nothing Else. Fear God, Fear Nothing Else. You know, the moment I read that scripture, there are four areas that just jumped out of those scriptures. That's what I have listed down. God wants us to know certain things in our lives. You know, when I prepare the sermon, you know, that's how most of the time it happens. I just read that portion that God put in, puts in my mind. And suddenly these four things just jumped nowhere, from nowhere, out of these scriptures. God is asking us to know our call. God is asking us to know our freedom. And he wants us to know our safety and know our worth. This morning quickly by the grace of god we want to take all, you know all of us through these four stages four knows of our lives you know these are four things that we need to know as a christian as children of god number one god is telling us better you know your call know your call let's read again verse 27 jesus you know uh, you know speaking to his disciples he is just straight looking into the eyes of the disciples and this is what Jesus is telling them Jesus told them whatever I tell you in the dark speak in the light can you repeat that after me whatever I tell you in the dark speak in the light and what you hear in the ear preach on the house tops. That means Jesus is telling the disciples, I shared with you so many things, but I can't speak to the entire world. I want you to tell everything that I am telling you to your brethren, to your strangers, to your neighbors. I want you to go and tell. This morning, God wants us to know our call. All of us are called to. for this reason. God has called us to tell somebody about something that we know today. You know, Matthew 10 is the gospel where Jesus is commissioning all 12 disciples. And he commissioned them and saying that, I have given you power. And you go and lay hands. You go and, you know, minister to people. You go and cast the demon out. And they went, in fact. And many things, many miracles happened. And then, you know, he also said, he also warned them that there is a persecution that is coming on your way. Because when you go and minister to people, they are not going to accept you. They are not going to agree with you in everything. They are going to raise against you. And there is a persecution, great trouble coming on your way. And now Jesus looked at the disciples and said, spread the word. Go and share the word. Go and tell somebody that what God has done to you, what God has spoken to you. You (coughs) Excuse me. I was thinking about the disciples And those followers of Lord Jesus Christ, Matthew. He was a tax collector. He became a disciple of Lord Jesus Christ. And he started following Lord Jesus. And he obeyed this call of God in his life. And he started writing down what he saw with his very own eyes. That's the reason we have the gospel of Matthew in our hands today. Written by the disciple Matthew. What about Mark? The gospel of Mark was written by John, another John, if you know the history, by name John Mark. And he was not a disciple, but in fact, he was working as an assistant, as a secretary to the disciple Peter. And John Mark wrote the gospel of John. In fact, if you know Paul's first missionary journey, John Mark accompanied Paul and Barnabas during his first missionary journey. So that was John Mark, born to a woman by name Mary. And this John Mark, he penned the gospel of Mark. They obeyed the call of God in their lives by writing down what Jesus spoke to them. What about Luke, a physician? And he was writing the gospel to, addressing to Theophilus. And he was writing them. And he was, he was also a travel companion of Paul in his, in his missionary journeys. And Luke wrote down what he saw in the life of Jesus and what he heard. And that's the reason we are able to hold the precious Luke gospel. And what about John, the beloved disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ? They wanted to kill him. And he, nobody could kill him. If you remember the history John was thrown into the you know into the into the furnace, not into the into the oil which was boiling. The oil was boiling, and John was thrown into the oil. He was not dying. He was not dying. You know, because the time in his life has not come yet. I want to you know talk about that a little bit down the line. So he was a beloved disciple of Lord God, and he wrote down the fourth gospel gospel according to john the call of god in our lives is to tell others what we know tell others what we hear you know what was the call in their lives to spread the word you know what is the call in our lives it is the same call of god to tell what we know and god the way god is asking us to tell you know tell from the house tops Every one of us need to climb into the attic and then you need to climb over the top of your house and stand on the top of your house and wave your hands. You know, all the people will come. In fact, the, 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 the police will come and you know what? The fire tenders, everybody is going to come because they think that you're going to commit suicide because you're standing on the top of the house. And Jesus is asking you stand on the top of the house and preach and still the word and share what you know about me you know that is the call of god in our lives and i remember in my childhood days there was a man named by name prince he's a preacher and pastor and evangelist in the the town where i lived and he had a house and church together a prayer hall and on top of the prayer hall he had a speaker you know that funnel type speaker the good old days and he had that speaker And every day morning at 5 o'clock, he'll turn on the speaker and he preaches to the town, entire town, out loud. And I just, you know, wake up. That's a wake-up call for me every day. And I wake up and, you know, I start studying. And he started doing that every day in spite of all the opposition. You can think about the houses next to him. You know, he preached, preached the word, preached the word. The whole town can listen to the word. He was preaching from cow's top. You know, I remember this scripture when I, I remember him when I, you know, deal with this scripture this morning and he was an evangelist and he became a street preacher and he wanted, he goes to the you know, side of the beach and, you know, preach the gospel to the people there. And eventually, you know, people did not like him. They killed him. They killed him and he died. He was a man of God. He was a man of God. He obeyed to the call of God in his life. You know, God is telling us this morning, do not be afraid to preach the gospel. Do not be afraid to preach the gospel. You know, yesterday we listened to that. If we do not tell, people are going to perish. In the next 365 days, 10,000 Noah's Cassians are going to die. Naturally. Naturally. They are going to die. And out of these ten thousand, we don't know how many will go to heaven. Very few. Who is responsible for this? And this morning, God is questioning not only our church, all the churches in the city. What are we doing within four walls? You know, the call of God in our lives this morning is to preach the gospel. You know, there is a great urgency to preach. I really honor the men and women of God who go all around the world to preach the gospel. You know, at times they are, you know, at, at times they are in the in the in the television. At times they are on the TV. You know, when we look at them in the TV, you know, most of the time we think about the televangelists, you know, they are asking for money. Right? You would have come across many televangelists asking for our money. You know, sometimes I think about it, you know, why they are behind our money? Why do they ask about money? But then I, at times I even realize, if they don't ask, we don't give and if we don't give they can't go you know they carry the precious gospel into the parts of globe where we cannot go and preach they go into the parts of the globe and you know what when they go there are millions Millions of people, they gathered together. A man of God came from the United States to India. I remember five million people in Bangalore, in the city of the Bangalore, listening to the gospel. You know, at times we speak evil about such preachers. But, you know, God has commissioned them with the vision of carrying this precious gospel because there is a great urgency. There's a great need. You know, they may do all the other things, but you know, they are responsible for God. But it is our responsibility too to support those ministries because we cannot go. It is a commission, great commission that God has given to us. He said in Mark 16, 5, and he said to the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I cannot go to all the world you cannot go to all the world. But we can support somebody. We can support the missionaries. We can support those evangelists who, who carry the precious gospel. You know, God will take care of them. God will judge them. We don't need to worry about those things. But we need to be part of that ministry. Somewhere we need to be united along with it. You know, that's the reason Paul says in First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. Listen to this. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of for necessity is laid upon me yes who is me if i do not preach the gospel he says i am a rich man i am miserable i am pitiable if i don't preach the gospel he says necessity is laid on me you know there is a mandate on our lives to preach the gospel i believe this morning god is talking to you and to me that we all need to preach the gospel in many different ways you know god has given opportunities in our lives somehow involved in the work of preaching the gospel sometimes we do that one one-on-one Sometimes we do that as a group. Sometimes we do that in houses, sitting in houses. You know, sometimes we do that, you know, by preaching and television and, you know, internet and various other means we do that. Just connect yourself in the ministry of the preaching of the gospel because it is a command and God wants us to obey. When we obey, We see deliverance. When we obey, we see blessings. You know, this morning, number one thing that we need to know about ourselves is there is a call of God. We need to know the call of God. So we are studying from Matthew chapter 10, verses 27 to 30. Number two, God wants us to know our freedom. God wants us to know our freedom. Let's read verse 28, Matthew chapter 10. Do not fear those who kill the body. But cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him. Who is able to destroy. Both soul and body. In hell. Do not fear. God has given us freedom. God has given us freedom. You know this morning we heard that many times. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. A couple of fears that we have. Fear of men. Fear of men. Listen to this scripture. Proverbs Chapter 29, verse 25. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of men brings a snare, a trap. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Shall be safe. Fear of men, fear of man brings a snare. You know, snare, a trap. People used to keep the trap to catch, right? Animals and birds. Snare. Snare usually kept by the fowler, right? To capture the birds. Snare is kept there in our lives to capture us, to corner us, and put us in a situation that we think we cannot escape when we fear men, man. And God is telling us, I have given you freedom. I want you to know the freedom that you have. Do not be afraid of men. You know, sometimes we are good at seeking men's approval. Debbie was sharing this morning she was worried about if I share this I don't know what's going to happen within my family but she came out of it thank God you know sometimes you know we seek men's approval disciples at some point of time in their lives listen to this they were cornered they were questioned by the by by the high priests and the Pharisees how can you do this? How can you do this? How can you preach the name of the Lord? How can you perform all these miracles? You know, they were questions, questioned, but you know, this is what disciples said. We read that in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Acts 5:29. We are to obey God rather than man. We are to obey God rather than man. You know, this morning. God wants you to think about the freedom that God has given you, but how we are all in a trap where people are controlling our lives. Yesterday I spoke about the church. The you know, church is trying to control people. You know, church is trying to put so many rules and restriction upon people and say that if you don't do all these things, you know, you cannot enter into heaven, into the, into the kingdom of heaven. No, that's not true. Bible doesn't say that. You know, when Jesus opened up his body at the cross. You know, I believe people are allowed to walk to the cross. And when they come to the cross, you know, that's where they find salvation. You know, today, if we put so many restrictions in the church, nobody's going to enter into this church through this door. Nobody is coming to Christ. Let's give that door wide open. Let's keep the walls broken down so that, you know, we can just worship in an open space. People can freely come and enter into the presence of God. All that they need to do is they need to come to the cross. People need to come to the cross. You know, there are so much of restriction that we bring within our lives. And this morning, God wants us to know about it. You know, at times we try to please men. Let's read from Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. I'm reading from NIV. Galatians 1:10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a bond servant of Jesus Christ. You need to think about it. Are we trying to please people? But this morning, God wants us to walk in that freedom. God wants us to know that we are trying to please somebody. And God is telling us this morning, do not try to please somebody. Do not try to please anybody try to please God. You know, sometimes what we do, what, the way we speak, the way we think, the way we do things, people may not like. That's okay. When you share the gospel with somebody, they are not going to like you. But you don't try to please them. Just please God in everything you do. Please God. Please God. You know, you are making so many attempts to share the gospel. But the more we try to do it, we find people going away from you. And you know, you just feel that you are isolated. There is nobody next to you. There are friends, good friends, you know, before we do all these things, but when you start sharing the love of Christ, we find that it is no nobody. That's okay. That's natural. Natural. Let's not try to please men, but let's please God. You know, this morning, God is asking us. God is telling us, you don't need to fear anyone, but you need to feel fear the one who is able to kill your body and your soul. He's just our God. You know, we need to fear God. We need to bring the fear of God in our life. But God wants us to know this morning, you know, we need to fear God. Not that we are afraid of God, but out of the reverence that we have to God. You know, out of the love that we have to our God, you know, out, of the, you know, the, out of the necessity of pleasing our God, God wants us to fear Him. God wants us to fear Him. In every part of our life, God wants us to know that you know, God is always watching us. God always knows us. You know, with that assurance, you know, we need to just fear God. So number two thing that we need to know from the scripture is we need to know that we have a freedom in Christ. We don't need to be afraid of anybody. Number three, know your safety. Know your safety verse 20 verses 29 and 30. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You know here, I believe the sparrows and the hair you know they both are here, used as an allegory or an analogy or a comparison. For something that Jesus is about to communicate. He used those two sparrows. And he mentioned about all the hair in our lives. In our, hair, in our head. You know they are mentioned there to tell us the extent to which God cares for us. The extent to which you know God cares us in our lives. Bible says the value of two sparrows is one copper coin. If you give one copper coin, we can buy two sparrows. Or it's free even. Sparrows are available, free of cost. You don't need to pay for it. They are available for free. But God says, not one of them fall on the ground without God's will. God wants us to think about it. The extent to which God cares for us you know, the care that is falling from our head has no value at all, right? I thank God for those who are having hair. No value at all. But God says, even your hairs are numbered. You know, that means how much God cares for us. The extent to which God cares in our lives. You know, at times we don't think about it. But that's the truth whether we believe it or not god cares for his children you know many times we get discouraged you know many times we are afraid but god says i protect you i will protect you you know nothing will happen without my knowledge do not worry do not fear nothing is going to happen in your life nothing God is with us. David says, Now I was just well amazed to read the scripture this morning. David says in Psalm 4, 8, he says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You know, David was very sure in his heart. And he said, I lie down in peace no matter what happens around me. No matter what happens in my neighbor's house. No matter what happens in other part of the globe. No matter what happens in other part of my nation. This is what I do. I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, our Lord. Make my dwelling safety. You know, God wants us to trust in God. God wants us to believe in him. You know, it's a matter of belief. It's not just a thing that we try to exercise. It is just a matter of belief. Trusting in God, rest assuring in God, that knowing that God is able to protect me, take care of my life. And you know, God's protection is there in our lives every day. Every day when you go out, when you come in, when we are alone... You know, when you think about, you know, so many things that are happening around you, God's protection is upon his people. I want to read a couple of scriptures. Psalm 139 verse 16. I'm reading it from NLT, New, New Living Translation. Bible says, you saw me before. David says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every day, you know, God's safety, God's protection is for every day. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Every moment of your life is laid out in the book of God before the day gets completed. You know, that's the reason God is bringing those two little sparrows and saying that you are more precious than those two little sparrows. You know nothing can happen to us, nothing is going to happen to you, nothing is going to happen to your parents, you know, until the time that God has appointed in our lives. You know, the lions could not simply eat Daniel because that was not the appointed time of God in his life. You know, Paul did not die in the shipwreck. He did not die even when he was caught with the, with the snake, because that was not the appointed time for paul you know many times we hear people saying testimony saying that you know i was in a deadly accident but i escaped god helped me thank god the reason is it is not the appointed time that god has already planned because god has laid down everything in his book if i get a chance to know if i get a chance to access that book where god has written about me i know the date when i will die because it is already written i believe that All children of God, we believe that. We don't need to die before the appointed time. You know, the premature death is brought by the devil, not from God. We don't need to die before the appointed time. You know, that being said, we cannot really say that I'm not totally responsible for this. You know, God works along with us. We need to care for our lives. We need to care for ourselves. We cannot just go out of the way and do something and end up in trouble and complain God. No. God wants us to take care of us. When you cooperate with God, God does his part of protecting us until the day that God has appointed. But when the time comes, we must go. You know, church, this morning, I want you to know, know this fact. At times, we are so childish in our faith. When someone is going through sickness, when doctors left him, you know, doctors gave upon him, there are times that we need to cry out to God and pray and get that somebody back to life. But there are times that we need to hand over that life to God. And children of God, we need to know when to do that. You know, I think about my dad when he was in the deathbed in the hospital. There was a time I could spend very few you know, days with him. And there is a time it came and I knew very well that he is not going to recover. And I laid my hands on him and I gave him completely to God. Lord, you take. You take. You know, we need to know when the timing of God comes in our lives, there is nothing that can, be, that can stand. You know, they remember the whole world has been praying for Nabil Kroshi. God took him. It is the perfect time of God in his life. In every one of our lives, God has already laid down. God has already numbered our days. Every moment what happens in our lives, everything is numbered. The more you believe in these things, you will be able to walk in this. You know, God is asking us this morning to know the safety that we have in God. You know, but every time, give our life to the will of God. Give our life to the will of God. You know, no matter what it is, the will of God, you know, that takes the preeminence or the supremacy or the reign or control over our lives is the will of God. And the life of a child of God is the will of God. Give our lives to the will of God. Try giving yourself completely to the will of God. And God will lead us. God will tell us where to go. God knows where to put us. God knows which church he has to bring bring us to. God knows you know, what we we should be doing. Everything is laid out and we do not know. God knows. And what if God reads that book that he has in his hands? That is the will of God concerning your life. So we don't know, but God knows. It's good to leave everything completely to the will of God. That's the reason Paul says in Colossians 3.3. For you died to this life. And your life is hidden. Your life is hidden with Christ Jesus. Look at the amount of safety that God has given to us. Our life is hidden in Christ. Who can touch us? Nobody. Who can attack us? Nobody. Before the time, the appointed time, nobody can touch any child of God. Your children are under complete protection of the, you know, by the God, by our God. Because they are hidden every day when you commit their ways to God. Every day when you give your children in the hands of God and pray for them. You know, they are hidden in the hands of God. They are hidden in Christ Jesus finally. God wants us to know our worth. Pardon me if I take a few more minutes. God wants us to know our worth. Jesus said in verse 31, Matthew chapter 10, You are of more value than many sparrows. Now, moment I read that word, Lord, why do you say that? We know that. We know that, Lord, our life is much more valuable than sparrows. They just come for a season and they disappear, but we are not like that. You know, but, but the reason Spirit of God has written this scripture is, at times... When we are low in our faith. At times, you know, when we are, you know, very dull and very discouraged. We think it's so low about us. But God says this morning, you need to know your worth. God wants us to know our worth. You know, do you know this secret? We all have a price tag attached with us. If you ask Daniel... Daniel, how worth you are. Daniel will say, my price tag says $1 million. Right? Yes, Daniel says yes. Right? Now if we ask, uh, let's say, uh, Priya, if we ask her, what is the price, you think? And she'll say, no, 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 I'm still young. Know, I'm just sort of beautiful girl, girl. You know, I have a price tag attached with me. It says $1.5 million. We all have a price tag, in fact, attached with us. It's expensive. It's costly. The reason why I say this, even Jesus had to, listen to this, Jesus had to shed his own blood to buy you. Jesus had to shed his own blood to purchase you. Bible says we are purchased by the blood of the Lamb, we are bought with the price. You know, others may, not, may or may not know this truth, but each one of us need to know this truth that we are, you know, bought with a price. We need to know this very clearly. We are very special. You are very unique. We cannot find anyone like you because you are a remarkable creation of our God. You are very precious. You're very precious. I can just give a simple illustration just to think about it. How much would you pay for a toothbrush? And you go to Walmart, how much you pay for a toothbrush? $5? I don't pay $5 for a toothbrush. Maybe $2? dollars i look for first if I get anything for 50 cents. Maybe $1 I used to get some, you know, toothbrush in Walmart, but I don't find that anymore. It's a little more expensive now. You don't want to pay too much for a toothbrush. How much you pay for a used toothbrush? Do you buy any of the used toothbrush in Kijiji? Do you look for toothbrush? No, you don't, we don't buy any of those, right? Now think about it, if the toothbrush was owned by Napoleon, how much do you think you can pay for that toothbrush owned by Napoleon? Well, in auction, somebody bought Napoleon's toothbrush for $21,000. Napoleon's toothbrush was bought for $21,000. Now think about it, how much you pay for a set of fake pearl? You know what I'm talking about, right? Fake pearl. It appears to be a pearl, but they are not really pearl. How much you pay for it? Maybe $20? $30? $20? Less than $50, right? And may, maybe maximum you would like to pay for $100 if you can get like two real good, you know, Susan is really thinking about it now. So, you know, buying that uh, two you know, uh, real good looking pearl for $100 Now think about it, what if the set of those two pearls had been worn by Jackie Onassis Kennedy, the former 35th president of the United States, John F. Kennedy's wife. If she wants the two fake pearls, how much worth it is? Her two fake pearls went on auction for a little over than $200,000. Now, how much you pay for a shit music? You know, shit music is what Dan prints every day. How much you pay for a shit music? Probably you don't pay anything, you just get it free. Maybe you you subscribe and you get the shit music for free. Right? So as long as you know we can play that piano in the song in the piano, that's good enough. But in 2003, an original autograph piece of shit music by Beethoven went to over 1.5 million dollars. I'm about to tell you something. My point is this. That toothbrush was already used. The pearls, they were just fake pearls. And the sheet of music was just just a sheet of paper. They were invaluable because of the the worth that that they have, they inherit. There was nothing intrinsic within them that gave worth. But they became valuable only because they were owned by somebody. They were owned by somebody. Bible says, Jesus bought us. We belong to Jesus. We belong to our God because he paid for us. At the cross when he shed his blood, he paid for us. We belong to him and he belongs to us. Listen to this, Isaiah 43 verse 1. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1. Very interesting scripture. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, he formed us, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you, I have purchased you, I have bought you, I have called you by your name. You are mine. Can you say say that along with me? You are mine. That's what God says. You are mine. You know what? We belong to our God. Priceless. Beyond defies all the price tag that we can put on ourselves. How much she paid to buy us? How much she paid? We have value. Only because He wants us. He wants us. We belong to Him. It is the faith thing. It is the faith thing. Nobody knows that we belong to Him. But we know for sure we belong to Him. And we believe it. We believe it. You know, sometimes we look at others. But I believe this is the time if you really believe that we belong to God, we need to go and stand in front of the mirror. And look at our face in the mirror and thank God for all the good things that God has given to us. A good husband, a good wife, good children, good family, job, our vehicle, our living. God has given us everything. We don't need to worry about you know what we have, we don't have. But thank God for what we have because we are unique We have a price tag attached with us. We are bought by our God. We are precious. We have high potential. We have high ability within us. We have all the skills and talents that God has given us. Listen to this. Nobody can ever replace you. Nobody can do that. Now that's the reason we say, when people are with you, love them, care for them, we don't know how many days they are going to be around. When they are with you, care for them. When they are gone, no one else can replace them. Because we are unique. And we are, individually we are unique and we are precious. Everyone that God has brought in your life, they are precious. May be your family, your extended family, your friends, whoever it may be strangers. They are precious in the sight of God. And we need to know that they are precious. Never, don't allow anybody to talk so low about you. If somebody is talking low about you, just get away from that place. Because you know for yourself, you are precious. You know, we need to have that courage within us. We need to have that determination. We need to have that assurance within us. And we don't need to stand in front of such people. Those who are talking so low about us, those who are trying to discourage us, just get away from such people. Because we know the value of us. and But people do not know. People do not know. And this morning, God speaks to us. And God looks at us and says, as he says in Isaiah 43, 4, Since you are precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give you men for you and people for your life. You know, at times when you feel lonely, when you trust and when you know that you are precious in the sight of God, we see God bringing people alongside of you. There will be people standing with you when you need. And I believe this morning God has spoken to us from this simple scripture portion and to summarize this is what god spoke to us this morning god said you are called to tell about jesus to others it is the mandate on our lives to tell jesus to others and you have the freedom not to fear men but to fear lord and your life is safe as long as you know we are in the hands of god we are protected our life is safe and finally god said your life is much more worth it Because we are precious and God has bought us with with the blood of his own son. And this morning God has spoken to us. You know, God wants us to walk in that freedom. God wants us to know for ourselves with very sure that this 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 is what I am. This is who I am in Christ Jesus. And God wants us to have that assurance. Shall we close our eyes this morning? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipf.org. God bless you.